1: Host Carl Davis Jr. talks to the rock stars of Silicon Valley and offers you engaging interviews and insights from local, regional, and internationally acclaimed business leaders, entrepreneurs, and community leaders to help you stay
2: connected. Now, here's your host, Carl Davis Jr. Hi, welcome to Silicon Valley Business Connections. I'm Carl Davis Jr. I'm your host, but I'm also the president of the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce where we help all small businesses start, finance, grow, and even exit their businesses. We're located at 25 North 14th Street, downtown San Jose, or you can reach us via the web at blackchamber.com. My guest today is the president of the Santa Clara County Board of Supervisors, Mr. Dave Cortezi. How the heck are you doing, Dave?
3: I'm doing great, Carl. Thanks for having me on the show.
2: <laughs> well, Dave, there's a lot I know that people want to hear from you, but the one thing I want them to hear, our listeners to hear, who who is Dave Cortez? I mean, I know a little bit about your family and how we interacted years ago, but tell our listeners, Dave, you know, who are you and what kind of pushes your buttons and makes you go?
3: Well, you know, I grew up here. I have lived here all my life, here being actually city of San Jose primarily, um, East San Jose, more specifically. Um, I grew up, spent a lot of time in both the Evergreen area and, and the Elm Rock area, so right along the east foothills of the valley. And, you know, it was a much different place. I'm 61 years old now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the first, uh, first part of my life was really, you know, almost an agricultural, exclusively agricultural environment, but that's changed quickly. Everybody knows the story. Um, you know the population boom started here, and um, the late '60s, '70s, you know, kept on going. Um, and the economic development here has is, is continued to fuel that population. So when I was a when I was a kid, a little kid, you know, there was maybe less than 100,000 people in San Jose. Um, uh, now the Evergreen area alone has 100,000 people, and there's wow. two million people in the county. So, but I, I grew up with. Um, a strong uh, work ethic, you know, working as, as a kid, um, you know, on my grandfather's properties that he had, a lot of them were just leases and mm-hmm. sharecropping situations and that kind of thing from the you know 10 years old, at least 10 years old on, some maybe a little bit earlier than that. Um, but uh, but also with a very strong, ultimately with a very strong social justice. Mm-hmm. Set of values, um, and I think part of that is because of the fact that the East Valley was always very diverse um, we 've added to that diversity now, but mm-hmm. you know, we lived in a place where you needed to um, to get along um, with people of all walks of life, people mm-hmm. of different ethnicities, race. Um, whatever, and you needed to do that the old-fashioned way on the street, um, you know, or mm-hmm. or getting fights all the time. So
2: <laughs> I think I think what
3: happened is I think what happened is I I learned that you know, there's a lot of people, especially young people, who need a leg
2: up. Mm-hmm. You know, Dave, uh, I'm glad you said that because I've always espoused that the, you know our communities are so connected that every community needs to do good for our total community to do good. And and I'm glad you brought that up because I I do. I've seen you as a champion of many communities as, as a matter of fact, I was going to ask you about that being who you are. You know, we will take a spin on this program where we'll talk about sports, philanthropy, education, and we'll say the business of sports, the business of philanthropy. I'd like to title this one, the business of politics. Dave, what, if I were to say what type of toll does the business of politics takes on you and your family, what would you say to that?
3: Well, there's certainly a toll. I mean, there's, you know, that's one way to look at it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's, it's a, it's a a way of life Mm -hmm. really, that is much different than how most people live. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm on a seven day a week schedule, um, so, you know, last Sunday, last Saturday, um, I was expected to be at various uh, community events. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're hosting those events at, at the county building down on First and Heading, but more often they're they're spread out all over the place. It sounds like fun, and it is fun to some degree, <laughs> um, of course. You know, and, and some of the weekend stuff is ceremonial, multicultural, mm-hmm. you know, good things, good people. But I just would go back and emphasize the seven-day-a-week part.
0: (laughs) So (laughs) I think
3: what happens is you really have to keep uh, close track of your family. You can't lose that heart connection Mm -hmm. with your family, with your loved ones, with your friends. Um, Much like people who are are in that kind of a cycle with a business startup or people Mm -hmm. who are in that kind of a cycle because they're a, a CEO and they just can't. They're traveling a lot. They can't. Connect as often as most people do with their family. So every once in a while, like around you know after Christmas, for example, we'll Mm -hmm. get a little period where of a few days where you know I actually am connecting with family Mm -hmm. like a regular person. I can have breakfast with my family. I can have dinner with my family. uh, I can go places Saturday and Sunday with my family. I I think that's the part. Whether whether it's a toll that it takes or just a You know some sort of a commitment or sacrifice to, mm-hmm. to do that to do that kind of a schedule um, in order to get the payoff, which is an opportunity to help millions of people at a time and I just made that choice that it 's worth it um, not not a lot of people would you know, some people would some people wouldn 't
2: and that 's what i 've loved about you, Dave. You have a heart to serve in a the- Tell tell our listeners, though, because a lot of a lot of our listeners, including myself, don't know how, you know, the budget for the county comes about and how you spend money and what happens if you don't spend the entire budget or how do you guys get money, bonds and things like that. Why don't you give us a short little course on, you know, what the county supervisors do, you know, just for the information of all of our listeners?
3: I I will. So keep in mind, you know, I, I spent much of my adult life as a, as a full-time business person, and then in the 90s, I ran while I was a full-time business person, and, and, and also, you know, um, also, I also have a law degree. I ran for a school board out in the mm-hmm. Eastside Union, and then city council for eight years, including a stint as vice mayor, and then board of supervisors now for nine years. All of those jobs require the board the elected officials to function like a board of directors for a business or a corporation, which means you're not really managing the organization, but what you are doing is, is making policy decisions. You know, how should we do things? Why how should we do things? And you're also doling out the budget money. You're making the decisions on who pays for these things that we're doing. Um, do we pay for them or do we put our money somewhere else? And, you know county government people say well what is a county supervisor what is county government mm-hmm. all you really have to do is is stand outside in front of your business or your home and kind of do a 360 degree view and you will see things that the county is doing all around you, um, just like cities, you know, we have fire. <laughs> we mm-hmm. have a, a huge fire department uh, that's been very active recently, as mm-hmm. you can imagine. We have mm-hmm. uh, a sh- a law enforcement, which is the sheriff's department and sheriff's deputies. Mm-hmm. In and uh, of the 15 cities in this county, several of them depend exclusively on the sheriff's department to do their law enforcement. They don't have their own squad cars; they they, they use ours. Wow. Um, the You know, uh, in certain areas, depending on exactly where you live, the sidewalks, streets, curbs, gutters, everything (laughs) that's all been put there and maintained by the county. There's 61 miles of expressway system. Most people travel on some expressway, Lawrence, Central, Capitol, Almaden, Foothill. All of those expressways are county owned and operated. Um, So there's all these things going on. All of that, and then I, the biggest thing of all, which um, I'm not sure people always connect with county government or what county supervisors do, is our health and hospital system. There's over a dozen clinics and a huge state-of-the-art hospital that we call Valley Medical Center down on Bascom Avenue, which alone is over a three three billion dollar budget and wow. over seven thousand employees. And that's just half of the county budget. The county budget overall right now is uh, about $6.5 billion. We have 20,000 employees. Um, Most of the time, even when you stack us up against the big tech firms Mm -hmm. um, like Google Mm -hmm. uh, or eBay or whatever, Mm -hmm. we are the largest employer, public or private, um, in Silicon Valley. So what we do is balance that budget, make those decisions kind of like you do with your own checking account except there's just a lot more zeros at the end of the numbers <laughs>
2: that's a that's a lot of zeros you know you mentioned something about the health uh, and it made me it, it it took me right to that roots clinic you know the new clinic we have here in yes. San Jose and uh, and just for a second because we got a couple minutes before our first break you know can you give me a little history on how that happened and why do you think that's important that we have that
3: yes yes uh you know, leaders uh, came to the Board of Supervisors, uh, leaders from the community, particularly the African-American community, mm-hmm. um, really twice, which mm-hmm. led up to the so-called Roots Clinic. I mean, that's the actual name of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carl, I think you, you were an advocate mm-hmm. for it as well. But yes. people like Walter Wilson and Reginald Swilly and others uh, mm-hmm. who have been leaders in the community came forward. First, they came to me and said, can we do a health assessment they said San Jose State University is willing to be our partner, but we need the county to be our partner. The county has a health department, a public health department, and also a hospital system. We want to assess the more specific needs in the African-American community, you know, for health uh, and well-being, which includes a lot of things, not just mm-hmm. medical health. That mm-hmm. includes education and uh, other things that people need for their wellness We did that. Um, In fact, I partnered up with Supervisor Ken Yeager on that. Uh, Mm -hmm. The county did that a few years ago. One of the results was the community came back and said, you know, this report that's now done, which is terrific, Mm -hmm. points to the need for a health clinic. There's one in Oakland um, that really focuses on these very unique needs in the African-American community, which are are a little different at times, Mm -hmm. Just, just like the Vietnamese community has some different health needs than uh, Than the Latino community, the mm-hmm. Latino community versus the you know so on and so on. There there are, there are different needs. So the county funded the startup money for the Roots Clinic. It's down there at Heading and uh, and the Alameda. It's been a tr- just a tremendous success. It's been going uh, wow. I think almost two years now. Um, and
1: people should be aware of it. It 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 delivers great service and um,
3: it does it in a way that's very nurturing for people.
2: I was just over there the other day. We got about 30 seconds before we go to break. It's at Ujima and that's I think the address is like 1898 the Alameda. Uh but it's called yes, the Roots uh, Clinic. And so we're going to leave it right there right now. You all we're going to take a break. We're listening to Dave Cortezi, president of the Santa Clara County Board of Supervisors. You're listening to Silicon Valley Business Connection.
1: This is Silicon Valley Business Connections with Carl Davis Jr., brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce. More information about today's show is available by going to the Chamber's website, blackchamber.com, or call 408-288-8806. Now, back to Silicon Valley Business Connections.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, go ahead, Mike. Welcome back. You're listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections, and our guest today is the president of the Santa Clara County Board of Supervisors, Mr. Dave Cortezzi. Dave, you know, this is really good to have you on the show. And uh, I'm just dying to hear some of the things you, that you have to share with us because, you know, you've been an advocate for so many different communities. Um, <clears throat> I was a little bit sad that you didn't um, win, the, uh, you know, to be mayor of the San, city of San Jose. But let me ask you, Dave, what's your political sort of um, horizon? Like, What are you looking forward to do later on? In politics, are you going to stay in politics, or where would you go next?
3: Well, the the next action item I think is is to try to follow in the footsteps of of Jim Bell, our state senator. Um, I've, I'm a longtime you know resident um, and elected official within that senate district, mm-hmm. his senate district, and he's termed out um, in 2020, and I'm termed out of the county board of supervisors in 2020. Uh, So, you know, after the first of the year, um, you know, even though that's a 2020 race, not a 2018 race, uh, the way things are in this day and age, you need to start, you know, getting uh, the makings of a campaign uh, ready. But I'd I'd like to work at that level. I think he has done a terrific job of bringing together uh, interest all over the state uh, to do uh, major housing measures, major transportation measures he's led on a lot of issues that are important to communities here um you know child welfare and and justice issues um uh jim and i have had very similar career paths up till now and um you know i, I think he's demonstrated to us what you can do with a state just senate job
1: mm-hmm. you really
3: put your mind to it and so so that's um uh, you know of major interest to me right now could it change could something happen of course uh um, but that's the plan as of today.
2: And I love the fact that you brought that up because I know um, housing and those things have been like two issues close to your heart. Is there anything you want to say about that day where you get a chance to tell people how you feel or some ideas or strategies you have because homelessness and affordable housing here in San Jose, those are, those are huge issues.
3: Yeah, I think some of the situations that have always been around that, that we grew up with as, as young people in this community, you know, friends that lived, you know, uh, seven, seven kids in a house with only two bedrooms, <laughs> yeah. uh, that kind of thing. I mean, we're all mm-hmm. familiar with mm-hmm. some degree of, of poverty, but it was in a day and age when you go back to that era, uh, I was talking about, you know, being a young, a very young man here in this community, people could make do, people could purchase a house for yeah. 13 thousand five hundred dollars and at least they had you know a bedroom for the parents and two bedrooms for the kids uh no matter how crowded it was now we're seeing people living in uh, garages uh people two three four families at a time living in homes uh, i have a, a single mom for me a young woman uh you know who's uh who's who struggles even mm. at what well, a few years ago would have looked like great pay mm. <laughs> but she's right at that federal poverty level here mm. in silicon valley uh, and then we have seventy four hundred homeless um, in in a place that the whole rest of the world looks to as you know the icon of prosperity yeah millionaires uh tech companies uh, <laughs> you know people stock options and and we have people hurting i I, I want to thank the voters in this county a year ago for passing. County Measure A, which is uh, a nine hundred and fifty million dollar bond issue, seven hundred million of which is already being doled out for projects that are housing the homeless, um, and that's all that money can be used for. It can only be used for actual bricks and mortar, you know, wow. housing. Uh, it can't be used for salaries and other things that people, you know, feel like is a waste of tax money at times. Um, but when the voters Voted for that measure last year, mm-hmm. um, I it signaled to me the deep compassion that people have in this community for other people. You don't see that mm-hmm. everywhere else in the country, and I think that's been reflected in our national politics recently.
2: Man, I love I love that, Dave. Um, that does really show our community. You know, I'm a part of the ethnic coalition of chambers, the uh, Hispanic chamber, the Vietnamese community, uh, Filipino. And and it is so important, like when we get together, I mean, you actually see us really enjoying one another, Dave. And that, uh, I mean, I love this about us, about this area. Dave, I was thinking about, as you were talking about, you know, African-Americans in politics. I don't think there's ever been an African-American as a uh, supervisor, a county supervisor, or the mayor of San Jose. But we have had some council members, uh, Forrest Williams and Charles Chappie Jones and maybe some others. You know, how do you see African-Americans, you know, getting into politics here in Silicon Valley and what's necessary to be a great speaker, to have what political ties or are you connected with labor or business, you know, give us kind of like a little recipe for those young people who may hear our podcast or hear our show and say, hey, I'd like to get into a career of politics.
3: Um that's a great, great question. And you know, when I was, I mentioned being on the school board uh, back in the '90s. Mm-hmm. One of the guys I served with, um, who was elected at the time, um, Rodney Moore. Um, he ended up moving to Atlanta. To I
2: know Rodney. Years later,
3: Rodney's uh, for those listeners who know know that family. Yes, that would be uh, Reverend Jeff Moore's brother. Um, and, and Rod got elected, and he was. You know, he has certainly had a, a certain degree of, of charisma um, and that kind of uh, typical politician's uh, ability to, to be very disarming. He smiled. He was happy. He, it, But you know what? He was a great, great civil rights leader.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, you know,
3: really, uh, I don't I put him up against anybody in a, in a civil rights debate. And I was saddened when he he left. He needed to leave for family reasons, um, mm-hmm. economic reasons at the time, but and to to elevate his his legal career. I think he went on to serve as the president of the National Bar Association. Mm-hmm. But had he stayed here, um, he you know he certainly would have continued to to succeed in politics. Um, I served with Franklin West on that board. Uh, Nadine Potter, another African American you know? woman, who was just beloved in the community uh, by all people. Um, and, and it goes on. Um, but I'll tell you, um, sometimes I think um, with African, a young African-American aspiring public servants, they so often go into community-based work, mm-hmm. or civil rights work, uh, you know, community-based agencies. Mm-hmm. You can think of some people right now, I'm sure, and I won't mention their names, mm-hmm. who are great up-and-coming people there they've decided to to do that work with the grassroots community running an agency downtown or somewhere mm-hmm. um, that is commendable mm-hmm. but it's a slightly different path than <laughs> becoming mayor of san jose or president <laughs> of the board of supervisors or or state senator so i think we do need to work a little harder at threshing that out with young people and saying you know there's more than one way to do Public service and help other people. you can mm-hmm. there are people in politics <laughs> who are good people. Um, you don't have to you know exclusively run a community based agency to be viewed as a good person helping other people. You could be um, a great civil servant, a great civil rights leader, and be an elected official. Mm-hmm. You know sometimes people just need to hear that when they're seventeen, eighteen, twenty years old. Mm-hmm. That's all it takes is someone to tell them that they should aspire, that mm-hmm. they can succeed as an elected official, and they'll make that slight turn in their career, and that's where the leadership comes from. But there's there's no lack of leadership in the African-American community. In fact, I would say per capita, I believe there's probably more than in any other racial or ethnic community, mm. but but oftentimes it's been channeled a, a little bit differently. Um, you know, I think Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Malcolm X, those guys mm-hmm. would be sort of the epitome of that. They could have been Elected officials in some certain environment, like California, mm-hmm. they chose a, a different path. Um, well, so we need to be mindful of that.
2: You know, you said something that uh, spurned two different things, and I want to get this in for in the next three or four minutes. One, about our youth. And when I, when I look at our youth and I think about the dropout rate, you know, our chamber, we have a program that we teach business and financial literacy on the east side of San Jose. And when I look at the dropout rate, I think about almost half of our kids don't graduate from high school. And I'm looking at African-American males, you know, going to prison at rates higher than other, you know, uh, folks of color are uh, going to prisons like that. It, it really disturbs me. And I was just wondering, is there anything that you see in that, Dave? Because I, I do want to get to an issue that I feel the chamber ought to be one of those institutions that can go into the prisons and prepare people before they come out back into society with an option called self-employment, entrepreneurship. And I wanted to get your take on that, Dave. What do you think about that?
3: Yes, that's one of the avenues that needs to be pursued, what we call reentry. In fact, there are two uh, African-American faith-based communities right now that have county contracts. They're doing a tremendous job Mm -hmm. in that area that you're talking about, and we need more. We need more allies, including... Business partners like yourself, uh, I think Marinatha and Bible Way are both uh, heavily involved with that mm-hmm. uh, reentry work uh, from jail or prison, and they do a great job. And instead of having a seventy percent reoffense rate mm-hmm. or recidivism rate, mm-hmm. we now have nearly a seventy percent uh, stay out of trouble rate with okay. those people coming out of jail. So they're doing a good job, but it, it's not. We're not done yet. The other thing is. You know, there's no excuse for what you just described. It's been one of the biggest disappointments in my career. I spent an hour talking to one of our social service directors yesterday at the county, in my office in the county, and I told her I started in the 90s in the school district, went to the city, came to the county. It's been 25 years now, by
2: far. Well, well, Dave, you know, man, I would love to and just I don't dive actually deeper into this. You've been a wonderful guest. Really. We're listening my to Dave Cortezi, president of the Santa Clara County Board of Supervisors.
3: Disproportionate representation in dropout rates in, in prison rates in yes. juvenile hall rates in the child welfare system there's no excuse for that, and part of it I 'll just be you know blunt with you mm-hmm. it's part of it is bias it's, 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 it's a bias in the system that's embedded in the system yes that especially with youth it's which kid is going to go to juvenile hall if there's a scuffle. Yeah. You know, on the campus. You and I know. And it, we see it over and over again. And I don't want to point fingers and fingers and say whose fault that is the school, the cops, the juvenile hall, the mm-hmm. board of supervisors, the business community. We all have to solve this problem because it's it's an absurdity. And I think people think that it's like this everywhere in the country. It's not It's, not. it's like this in some places in the country. And it's shameful that one of those places is Silicon Valley.
2: Well, Dave, you know, I, man, I would love to just dive deeper into this. You've been a wonderful guest, but we're out of time right now. And um, I'd love to just share for folks who are listening to this and they want to hear it again. It's going to be at blackchamber.com under podcast. Um, we'd like to say thank you, Dave, for being a part of the show. And for those out there, stay connected. You're listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections.
1: You've been listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections with Carl Davis Jr. and brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce. More information about today's show is available by going to the Chamber's website, blackchamber.com. That's blackchamber.com. Or call 408-288-8806. That's 408-288-8806. Copies of our podcast are available online at blackchamber.com. If you would like to know more about a specific guest or make recommendations for upcoming guests and topics, email info at blackchamber.com. Keeping you connected, Silicon Valley Business Connections